Once people get introduced to Bitcoin, their worldview changes in many ways. It changes about you know their food, their healthcare, or, you know, a lot. So many things change, and it's. I think in essence, it's like we need to get to the core, the root of the problem, as opposed to just figuring out how to alleviate the symptoms. You know, and that's what doctors currently are doing, which is just alleviating symptoms. You go to the doctor, it's like it's typically a pharma first solution. I mean, these doctors aren't being trained in nutrition in their medical schools. And it's probably a good thing because these medical school schools probably wouldn't train them very well in, in nutrition. I'm taking 6,000 of fiat. I'm putting it into to Bitcoin. Um, it's sitting there. And so here we are today sitting at 47, 48,000. If it doesn't go to 100 or 150 or 200, all that appreciation is mine. It's like, I may never have to pay for healthcare again in my life. This is Decentralized Radio. I'm Tristan. And I'm Ryan. The goal of this podcast is to help educate you on how to live your most optimal life. We will host industry expert guests to shed light on topics that matter. We are not gurus, rather two individuals who have had to pave their own path to health and vitality, independent of the centralized systems that plague modern society. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Decentralized Radio. We are live again in the Bitcoin comments with Andy Schoonover from CrowdHealth. Andy, how's it going? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, I think this is timely. And um, I felt the first time we talked, actually, that we didn't get to talk long enough. So okay. now we have round two. <laughs> I don't even remember specifics. Obviously, we talked about why CrowdHealth, sure. how you got into this, your story. Um, but a lot has changed since maybe that was when? May? I think it was in May. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been some time. What's new? Uh, what's new with you and what's new with CrowdHealth? Yeah. Well, we're in that period of time, end of the year, um, where everybody's thinking about healthcare. So, you know, it's open enrollments. So people are trying to figure out do they go to healthcare.gov? Do they go on their corporate plan? Do they go with an alternative like CrowdHealth? And so it's been very, very busy, <laughs> very busy. Um, but that's good. I mean, it's good that people are, are thinking about us. And I think, you know, last year, the big question around crowd health was, you know, are you guys legitimate? Are you for real? Are you going to be able to help me get my bills paid? And those types of questions. And fortunately, this year, a lot of those concerns have been alleviated. We have one more year under our belt and, um, you know, a lot more bills paid. We've had cancer cases and brain hemorrhages and brain surgeries and heart surgeries and all kinds of things. So, you know, we can point to the, to actually being able to do this. Um, you know, then on the Bitcoin side, you know, we've got, uh, we, we tried something at the beginning of the year where, um, you know, when we collect money, uh, the excess, the one, the, the money that's not used for bills was being sent to Swan. Um, and given that a couple of our big states weren't supported by Swan, um, we had to kind of deviate from that. And I think, you know, we're even in a better path now where we're actually going to be using lightning to fund each other's health bills. So that's starting early next year. So, you know, it's the way that I look at it is healthcare is a $4.3 trillion industry, which is like the, if it were our country, it'd be the fourth largest GDP. <laughs> and so, you know, if we could just take a little bit of that and convert it to being used buy Bitcoin, like that would just be a huge, you know, win for, you know, Bitcoin and 
and um, you know, it's me as a medium of exchange. So that's what we're trying to do. So is the idea? Well, the first off, that's really exciting. Um, if you're listening to this in open enrollment, definitely check out Crowd Health. Of course, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. And yeah, um, I think another year is uh, just going to solidify you guys even further. How many members do you have now? Yeah, we've signed up 6,000, maybe more than 6,000 at this point. It's been a crazy few weeks. Um, nice. So yeah, we've we've signed up uh, about 6,000 plus or minus a little bit. That's pretty good. And you launched when? 2021? October of 21. So it's been almost exactly two years since we've launched. That's so exciting. it's it's been yeah it's it's been a good run and you know the the Bitcoin community has just been so supportive of us and we're thankful for that and um you know we just had a press release with Breeze and I think I said in that press release something like we we wouldn't be here without the Bitcoin community I don't know if we would have gotten our last round of funding without the Bitcoin community um yeah but, it's amazing I yeah. think Bitcoiners are looking for to build funds and support real world solutions because they just know how important it is to have an alternative because if you don't have an alternative you know people are just going to do the same things yeah yeah and so you know and healthcare is one where it's hits everybody's budget in some way or another and so you know what we're trying to say is like look i don't i don't want to you know you to to uh take away from your stack right like i want you to convert the fiat dollar, you know, dollars into Bitcoin. So take the bud line items in your budget and eventually all of them are going to flip to being transacted in Bitcoin. And I think that's a good thing for, for Bitcoin. I mean, the one rip against Bitcoin, there's not a lot to rip against Bitcoin, but it's hard to use. You know, it's hard to use to actually purchase things, you know, and I want Bitcoin to overturn you know, the US dollars being the standard, you know, across the world, right? And to be able to do that, you just got to be able to use it a little more easily. And yeah. so we're trying to like take it and say, hey, you can use it easily within the healthcare context. Um, you know, I know ZapRite is doing some cool things and, you know, all, all kinds of companies out there doing some really neat things to allow us to use Bitcoin in a more effective, you know, less friction type of way. Yeah, the growth of the circular economy is so important. Yeah. That's why I try to pay for as many things in Bitcoin, accept it wherever I can. Yeah. And it seems like that's what you guys are, are doing. So how is this all going to work using Lightning, using Breeze? Is it just going to be like the you know monthly payments and then whatever payments are transacted from uh, the members to you guys are, is all going to be in Bitcoin or that's the, the hope? Yeah, it's all going to be in Bitcoin. So in essence, what happens is instead of, you know, right now we're connected to your credit card or ACH or something, and and every month you send us 50 bucks for crowd health. And then if you're a single, another up to 125 bucks for, um, you know, helping somebody else in the community. So that 50 bucks will come to us over lightning in Bitcoin. So it won't be $50. It'll be however many sats that is at, the, at that time. Um, and then, you know, if you break your arm, then, and it's say $5,000, we will ask 50 people for a hundred dollars worth of sats. They'll send it from their Bitcoin wallet within the, uh, crowd health app to you so that you will now have, you know, $5,000 worth of Bitcoin in your wallet. And then you can actually, if the, the doctor, you know, will take that in Bitcoin, then you can transfer it directly to your doctor. And so that is truly a circular economy. If not, then you can off ramp it and pay it in, in, in dollars. Um, you know, and what we'd like to see is that circularity be go from, let's just say one or 2% in the first year to 5% in the second year and 10% in the third year. And so 
we're going to um, be having somebody who's just you know going around trying to or- orange pill doctors um, to say, hey, you need to accept Bitcoin. And so that'll be a cool a cool thing. And the other thing too is I think doctors once they get introduced to Bitcoin or they're already introduced to Bitcoin, I think they change the way that they practice medicine. Yeah. Was, well, for, I have two questions there. One is on the tax aspect of that, and then which yeah, sure about second. But first, the, exactly what you just said because you know I'm very into health, optimal health, mm-hmm. alternative health. We talk about it a ton, like there's no way I'm going to a traditional doctor anymore. Right. I mean, if I break my arm or something like that, you know, emergency care is pretty good in the yeah. US. And that's probably what a lot of people are using, mm-hmm. you know, something like CrowdHealth for. And I guess that's a whole model, right? Because if you are healthy, you don't really expect to use it until you have to. But things like, you know, you say you have cancer or some mm-hmm. hemorrhage or maybe you do have something pop up. Yeah, I'm not probably going to... It's going to be hard for me to trust like the centralized healthcare system. So yeah, how how do we fix that? Is it by enticing them with Bitcoin? There's already a movement. I mean, alternative doctors, functional yeah. doctors. I mean, there's more and more people leaving the system. And I think they're sprinkled around the US and the yeah. ones probably more open to taking Bitcoin anyway. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think at least what I've seen, and, and I don't know if you agree with this, but once people get introduced to Bitcoin, their worldview changes in many ways. It changes about you know their food, their healthcare, you know a lot. So many things change, and it's I think in essence it's like we need to get to the core, the root of the problem, as opposed to just figuring out how to alleviate the symptoms. You know, and that's what doctors currently are doing, which is just alleviating symptoms, right? Like. You go to the doctor, it's like, it's typically a pharma first solution, right? I mean, these doctors aren't being trained in nutrition in their medical schools. And it's probably a good thing because these medical schools probably wouldn't train them very well in, in nutrition, right? And so we've got all of these special interests who are impacting the doctors. And so I think once you get into Bitcoin, you see, there, I mean, it, the, the light is shined upon something that you just haven't realized in the past. And so I think those doctors actually become better doctors once introduced to, to Bitcoin. So I think Bitcoin can help the healthcare space by not only enabling doctors to get, you know, liquidity quickly, you know, like as opposed to having to bill a health insurance plan and not get it for three or four months. Right. But I think it always it can also impact healthcare by introducing doctors to something that I think changes their worldview and how they practice medicine. I know for me, I want to go to a, a doc who understands Bitcoin. Like, I just think that they understand the world a little bit differently than a doc who is corrupted by, you know, TV ads for Cialis or, you know, whatever pharmaceutical, you know, thing is up there. So I think there's multiple ways in which we can impact healthcare by introducing Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to get paid in the hardest form of money I'm at the end of the day? Yeah. It's totally right. And I mean, that's kind of been my mission as well as get more people on the health side into Bitcoin and more people on the Bitcoin side into all aspects of health. Yeah. And like, once you look through this lens, you should be open to the fact that every single system in our society is corrupted by fiat money yeah and i talked to jimmy song on wednesday and yeah he, he even gave an example about exactly how fiat money has corrupted you know the traditional medical system and doctors mm-hmm. you know 
used to just go play golf like a couple times a week because they would spend a lot of time with their patients and provide a lot of value, but then they'd also have a decent amount of time sure. off. And then now it's like a revolving door where they spend 10 minutes and then next patient 10 minutes and they don't have time to stay up on any mm-hmm. latest research or actually be learning new things as science progresses. Then you could talk about how science has just been totally captured by the fiat centralized yep. system. And that's something I'm trying to help fix. And yeah, it's it's really insane. So if anyone is already considering the alternative, which a ton of doctors now are from COVID and the vaccines, yeah. Yeah. then we they should be ripe for the orange pilling and, you know, being aligned. So have you how are you trying to find these doctors and are you do you have like a network that you're just trying to add names to and yeah, it's and not easy necess- crowd health system sure it's not necessarily a network i mean it's incredible the number of doctors who reached out just because they've heard about us and you know i, I kind of joke the only people that love us more maybe than our customers or doctors because they want to get out of the system they want to spend more than seven minutes on average with each, each patient i think in their hearts they know that they're not providing the care that they need to within that seven minutes I think they understand the fact that they're just treating the symptoms. Like they're seeing some of this. And I think you're right. I think COVID like, again, shown a light on it big time. Um, so most of these doctors are coming to us. We will also be reaching out to doctors proactively. So it's an inbound and an outbound system. And we're just going to kind of see over the next, you know, year or 18 months, how it goes and see which system is, is most effective. So we'll be doing some advertising as well with, with some doctor, you know, some well kind of doctor influencers. Yeah. To get more doctors kind of in, in. we don't have networks. Um, we have, um, but if you want a doctor wherever you live, which is say you live in Denver, um, and you want a great doctor in Denver, we've got a list of great docs in Denver that come to us from other members of the community who have gone to those, those, those docs. Right. So even if we don't have a doc in, in, uh, you know, your area, we will ask other members in your areas, like, Hey, have you gone to a doc that you think is really good? We ask all the docs who join our database, do you accept Bitcoin? You know, so we, we, we know what those Bitcoin docs are and we're gonna have a pretty big effort next year of recruiting some more. What's the best way if say a doctor's listening to this, to reach out to you guys, to get into your database? Yeah. Um, hey, at joincrowdhealth.com. Um, you just say, hey, I'm a doctor who's interested in being in your database. Um, they will uh, immediately, you know, they'll probably ask you a bunch of follow-up questions and send a survey to you so that you, we can get all the information from you. Once we get that, then it automatically goes in our database. And if we have somebody who is in your area who's looking for a doc in you know your specialty, then we will send them to you. Um, or at least we'll recommend that, yeah. you know, that doc. We don't, again, we don't say you have to go to this doc, you have to go to that doc, but most of our members are looking for great docs um, and want a different place than just like Google reviews or something to find a good doc. So that's that's helpful for us to be able to send people their way. If you're a health conscious food consumer who's also very active, you know how big of a struggle it is to find a bar that is both convenient and nutrient dense. That's why I was so excited when I discovered the Alpa bar. The Alpa Bar is a meat-based bar that contains only simple ingredients, 100% grass-fed beef, tallow, and honey, and is both nutrient-dense and convenient and packs a caloric punch of over 300 calories, 
For me, this was a game changer and is now the go-to snack and fuel source I use when I'm hiking, camping, hunting, skiing, or doing anything in the outdoors and I don't have the resources to cook a full meal. The Alpa Bar is made proudly in Colorado and only uses locally sourced meat. JJ and Rob are also extremely based and accept Bitcoin for payment. I highly recommend you check out the Alpa Bar for any time you need a nutrient-dense and convenient snack on the go. Check them out at eatalpa.com and use code DRADIO5 at checkout to get a 5% discount. And if you pay in Bitcoin, you can get an additional discount on top of that. That's eataupa.com and use code DRADIO5 at checkout. I think that's one of the most powerful aspects of it. So if you're a doctor listening to this or, I mean, are you looking for other, like say nutritionists or health, just health, health pr- practitioners, say if you don't have like a really severe chronic disease, just looking to work for someone, is that you going to add that into the list as well? We will eventually add that to the list. So if you're, we're, we're focused on doctors right yeah, now for sure. um, and it can be any kind of doc like it's you know a uh, uh, dc or a do or an md like any of those docs we're 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 interested in talking to okay well if you're a doctor listening to this reach out tell them uh you listen to decentralized radio yeah there you go would love that i i think it's such a good idea and i think i need to yeah, keep pushing the pedal on getting these type of doctors um into the bitcoin realm yeah. i think they're starting I'm just going to say that every time I like reach out to someone on Twitter, I'm just going to sprinkle it in there. I think yeah. That's the way to go about it. Going back to the Bitcoin transactions. Yeah. The one question I had that came up in my, in mind, because I've just been thinking about accepting Bitcoin for my businesses and all that is, is the tax aspect. Yeah. It does become a little complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that you can, you can reduce the complications if you, so what I'm going to do. So for a family of five, family of four for crowd health for the entire year, it's about $6,000. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take $6,000 of us fiat. I'm going to convert it to Bitcoin. I'm going to upload it to, or I'm going to, you know, send it to my, my crowd health app. And that $6,000 is going to sit there. So my cost basis for all 6,000 is the exact same, right? And then when I sell it, I'll have transaction ledger of that. And so it will be pretty easy then to go back and say, okay, my cost basis was X, I sold at Y, and it's a pretty easy you know, type of, of calculation. We'll have that ledger in the app for you. We're not doing your taxes for you, but we'll have the, the ledger in there for you. And then, but the cool thing about that, right, is I'm, I'm taking 6,000 of fiat, I'm putting it into to Bitcoin. Um, it's sitting there. And so here we are today sitting at 47, 48,000. Um, if we, if it does go to hundred or 150 or 200, like I, and which I think it will, then all that appreciation is mine. And so, you know, if it does what I think it's going to do, you know, I, I kind of joke, but it may not be too far off, but it's like, I may never have to pay for healthcare again in my life. Right. Like, um, I think that Bitcoin has that ability and so it's like, let's seed my health fund investment, you know, with five or $6,000. And if you're an individual, it's a couple thousand dollars. Um, and then let, you know, Bitcoin run and, you know, that will pay for my health care. So, and then, you know, once a month, we're going to ask you, hey, would you help Andy with his broken arm? You know, we'll send you an invoice. You're going to say yes or no. Yes. It'll send it directly over to Andy. And then I'm going to have enough in my account to then go pay for my broken arm. So. It's going to be hopefully pretty frictionless, 
you know, version ones of anything are always a little choppy, um, but we're going to see how it goes. Um, I think it'll be great. I think it's a good idea. I mean, this is the time to do it for sure because, yeah, probably I like to say it's like 95% guarantee that in the next 12 to 24 months, Bitcoin's going to be a lot higher, right? I mean, I, I, I'm, I, a, a significant amount of my capital is in it, so I can't guarantee anything. Um, I'm, I'm always hesitant with regulators listening at everything yeah, I say, yeah, but yeah, like, I'm you know, personally, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A very good chance that it's going to go up in price. But, um, I like how, how it's set up now is it does get like automatically withdrawn from my credit card yep. or account because I don't even have to think about it. And, um, you know, just busy and you can miss these things with Bitcoin. Is that possible too? Or will there have to be some like manual confirmation? You have to manually confirm. Yeah. And it's just, that. you know, one of those things with Bitcoin, Bitcoin especially on the lightning side. thing, like in some regard, uh, but yeah, I yeah, just we, wanted to confirm that. We could have, we, you know, so interestingly, we, we had this process back, I don't know, a year ago where we said, okay, do we do it on on-chain or do we do lightning? Do we do custodial or non-custodial? You know, and I think that it was, it was around the time, so maybe it was like six or nine months ago where all the ordinal stuff was going on. So on-chain transaction costs went, went up, you know, and I was like, it almost makes our process, because they're all kind of small, you know, $100 bill, yeah. you know, things. It's, it makes it very difficult to make it do that on-chain, right? And so um, we kind of decided Lightning was the right way of doing it. And then it was like custodial, non-custodial, right? And I was like, I'm always pushing for you know, people to have, you know, custody of their own, their own Bitcoin. So we went, not, you know, non-custodial. And if we would have went custodial, we probably could have done that recurring, you know, transactions. Um, but now that we have self-custody, we can't. And so you have to go in once a month to say yes. You know, it's like 10 seconds, but I think it's worth it to have your own custody. Uh, 100%. So that was just, that was just a thought process. These are the trade-offs. Yeah, the with, trade-offs. Uh, you know, security and and being in control of your keys. So, can you? Will it be held in the app, or is there like a wallet in the app? There's a wallet in the app. Yeah. So it should be it should be pretty seamless. That's a good idea. Well, I I love it, and that's gonna be coming in January. February, yeah, probably March. January, February, somewhere in there. Yeah. There's a couple of little mini technical hurdles we have to get over. Nothing that's gonna kill it, but we just gotta get over those before we're but we're ready to roll. So probably late January, early February is my guess. Is there any other aspects of crowd health where you'd be trying to add or incorporate Bitcoin into, or is this kind of going to be the main thing? And it's going to be the main thing for right now. Right. If anybody else has any ideas, I mean, this I is tried a few things. This right. is, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, it's, we were always trying new things. So if anybody has any ideas, let me know. This is decentralized radio, right? Like if there's, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out how do we decentralize more, right? Um, and so we're, we're working on, figuring figuring that out so you know because i don't want to be the decision maker or what you know bills get paid and what bills don't get paid i want the community to be like hey these are the bills that are going to pay these are the ones that aren't you know if you're a good member of the community you know people are going to pay your bills uh you know if if not then they won't and so i don't i want to try to decentralize this as much as possible so if there's any you know folks out there that really focus on decentralization of industries that are typically centralized like ours that have ideas for us, man, I, I'm all ears. So I'm happy to, to, to listen to any ideas that you have. Well, I have a couple. I'm just curious in general, how do you, so the, the key to health 
right? Is, uh, you know, getting people on board and you, you've kind of already made that clear. It's like you want healthy people as a part of crowd health, you know, not onboarding people who are like smoking cigarettes and things like right. that. How do you um, incentivize them or how do you point them in the right direction to get more education? And are you thinking about like building out incentives within the plan to motivate people to continue getting more education, mm-hmm. becoming more empowered from their health perspective? Yeah, we are. And I think the question is always like, can you provide them enough of an incentive to change behavior, right? Because some of these health plans out there have these like, silly if you walk you know yeah that's you know and then and then i think you'll save like ten dollars a month or something like that and to me it's like i'm not going to change my behavior for ten dollars a month and so you know what we've tried to do instead is educate people by giving them access to things that they may not have had access to before so for example um you know i think it was october maybe it was september we allowed people to go and get their vo2 max and submit it to the community for funding up to 150 bucks. So VO2 max, VO2 max. No, when was this? This was like September, I think maybe. I don't know if I joined by then, but. Yeah. And so we're we're like, and so. Should have done that. So, well, and that's the thing is people, most people don't know what a VO2 max is yet. Many doctors, I'm a Peter Atiyah fan, um, think that, um, you know, VO2 max is like one of the best predictors of longevity. Um, and so we're like, Hey, people should go get their VO2 max and start paying attention to it. And so we're going to do that every year. So people can say like, okay, what was my VO2 max last year? What is my VO2 max, you know, this year, what can I do to improve my VO2 max? Right. And so we've done some education around that. Um, we'll be doing in probably the first quarter, um, January or February, we're going to do DEXA scan. So DEXA scan for folks who don't know. Um, historically it kind of has been bone density um, has been given to old people, especially women to making sure that they don't have, was it osteoporosis? Yeah. Um, but it has been used recently to tell you what, you know, visceral fat is um, and muscle mass, um, you know, a, a true kind of body mass, you know, uh, fat, you know, percentage, and so there's a bunch of things around the, the DEXA scan that we can show people and people are like, oh, like I didn't know visceral fat was really the type of fat I should be worrying about. And oh, I didn't know muscle mass was really, really important. So we're trying to do some education around those things. Um, we'll do coronary calcium scores um, probably in March or April too. So, um, you know, so we're trying to, to get people educated by providing things that most folks haven't really heard about, you know. Um, when people come into us and say, Hey, what lab should I be getting? You know, we're like, Hey, you know, some of these things that you don't, your doctor doesn't normally ask you to get like insulin, you know, resting insulin, which is from my perspective, the canary in the coal mine. Um, nobody really pays attention to resting insulin. They look at your A1Cs, which is your level of blood sugars, you know, average blood sugars over the last three months. But it's like, well, what is your insulin levels? And so, there's things like this that we're trying to educate people on that I think has been like really helpful to, you know, hundreds, if not, we're probably not at thousands yet, but as we continue this education, people are more interested and we are like, huh, okay. You know, who, who is this, you know, Peter Tia guy or Andrew Huberman or, you know, some of these folks who are, who are influencers in the health space um, that we pay pay attention to don't agree with everything but pay attention to 
Yeah, for sure. I'm curious if do you get a lot of questions from your members like on these topics? Because the thing that's an issue and thing I try to do with this platform and I do a ton of research myself is there's so much misinformation yeah. out there in the health world. And um, I think the main takeaways are always very simple. It's, you know, eat real food, like spend more time outside, you know, prioritize sleep and, and things like that, avoid toxins and, you know, that's easy. And then there's science to back that up. But I think it'd be good. Maybe if there's a way to incentivize people that are members yep. to just have someone come in monthly for like a webinar mm-hmm. and then say, if you show up and you're a member that month, you get rewarded in Bitcoin or something. I don't know. Do you think that would be enough of an uh, incentive? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, we've had like, uh, two or you just bring in people like part-time or full-time as members of crowd health that are like decentralized health practitioners or doctors. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what is going to resonate with the, with our folks. Um, we had done, we had done, uh, two yoga slash breath work, uh, free to our members. They were virtual, but you know, and, and we had, you know, 20 people show up or something like that. And it's like, man, we got, 6,000 people that we signed up and we can only get 20 to show up for a, a yoga thing. Like I, I thought that would be pretty cool for people. So I think we probably should try it and just see, you know, see how it goes. Um, but it's a really great idea. So again, if anybody's got any ideas we're you know, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or something, or Hey, at joydencrowdhealth.com And we'd love to hear any ideas you have. Yeah. I think the key is to incentivizing education for these people, mm-hmm. because that, that what is decentralization? It's when the individual is in charge, yeah. right? And unfortunately, it requires more effort, right? You need right. to hold the private keys. You need to be responsible. Um, and the same thing goes with health. Like you, you're in charge of your own body. Nobody knows your own body right. better than you. But that's kind of like, you know, it's inconvenient for a lot of people. Yeah. But it does take personal responsibility if you want to become more sovereign at the individual level. Yeah. So that's what I've been thinking a lot about. And I got a lot of cool things coming. And yeah, the... Uh, the other issue I see is also the just the academia space, the scientific research. Yes. I mean, all these things are just so captured. And the things that are really benefiting, like, say, carnivore diet or meat-based diet, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. there's no studies on this. So a lot of the big carnivore influencers and doctors that believe in it, they went and, like, pulled together money and they funded some research. So that's just an example of how you see a problem and you can go and attack it. But that's uh, something that I think is a hurdle and the decentralized, the Bitcoin community as uh, we go forward uh, will be the ones with money. Yeah. Be the ones to fund things that yeah, are I love that improving it. So I that's what that. I'm working on. I'm going to launch a platform called Decentralized Health. I'll have to tell you all more about it. But the idea is to basically have education for a reasonable price, take like, a third of profits and then put it into Bitcoin, hold it and save that appreciation, mm-hmm. donate it to researchers who are not yeah. getting any NIH funding. Man, I love that. I love that. If there are, if there are, I mean, I, one of the things that we had talked about is, you know, we've got this group of people who are interested in, in health. You know, it's a lot of folks like, like you, right. And me who are interested in health don't believe in some of these studies that are coming out oh, yeah. that are the data is manipulated to whoever's paying for the study. 
So how can we actually run studies from the crowd health community, right? So yeah, yeah. I think it was, was it you that you and I or went back and forth online around autophagy? I don't know if that was us, but okay. I could, I could talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, one of the things I'm really interested in, and I can't find any data on it, maybe you have it, is there is v v wildly varying degrees of when people think autophagy starts, mm. right? And so some people think autophagy starts after 24 hours. Other people don't think, doesn't think autophagy starts until four days. So it would suck if you fasted for 24 hours thinking that autophagy was starting when it actually didn't start for, you know, three or four days. Well, I can tell you something. Autophagy happens every night when you go to sleep. Yeah. So, so that's, that's what I, but I want to that, study. There's, there's nuance into that completely, right? So yeah, that's an example. And Exactly what you're saying. I was on a podcast earlier with Brian Sanders, a big health influencer here in Austin. And we both agree that you could probably throw out about 99% of research studies in terms of they're not perfect because they're not taking into account so many things. Like they're not eating the right diet. They're not right. getting you know, sufficient sunlight. There's all these, they're not healthy individuals. Most of the people they're doing these studies on are sick. And fasting is a great example some people in the pro-metabolic Ray P community be like, fasting's bad for you. But they're doing all these studies on, on people that are really stressed out in a modern world. And if you add in another extreme stressor like fasting, yeah, potentially it could be bad for you. So yeah. there's so many confounding factors and we've lost all this. And then you add in the industry-funded nonsense sure. from you know big soybean companies or big pharma or whoever and we're left with, you know, there's every study, there's something's beneficial, there's one that's negative for your health. Yeah. But really, I just think it's like, just step back and what's logical, what's ancestral. And yeah, we were meant to eat real food, definitely predominantly meat-based um, products and getting out. We were outside all the time. Uh, there was right. no artificial light. There's no technology and all these EMFs, all this stuff. Just think about that. And um, that's, yeah, that's the goal. Actually, it'll probably be launched by the time this podcast out. So decentralized health would be really cool. But like you said, it's, uh, it's a challenge. And yeah. um, I think the more Bitcoiners we can get on board and educate, then the more funding we can have to support stuff that, that matters. Like, hey, you're eating a carnivore diet and you're healthy, you're working out. Like, what does a proper blood panel look like? Right. And then I'm big on seasonality. What does that look like in summer versus winter? Because it'll mm -hmm. change. Like mm -hmm. if you're actually healthy and in tune, which 99% of people aren't. Right, right. Are you self-employed or a small business owner and are tired of paying hundreds of dollars a month to centralize health insurance companies for minimal coverage because there is no alternative? Well, I have good news for you. There is. And this podcast is brought to you by CrowdHealth. CrowdHealth is a more decentralized alternative to health insurance. And it uses community and crowdfunding to help its members pay for emergencies when they do happen. They incentivize and prioritize health and personal responsibility and share the thought that you should really only be using the centralized healthcare system when emergencies do happen. This is what I am on board with, and I have personally signed up for CrowdHealth since I left the corporate engineering world and the medical benefits that come with it. If you want to learn more, you can check out our episode with CEO and founder Andy Schoonover, or you can head over to joincrowdhealth.com and use code DRADIO, D-R-A-D-I-O, when you sign up to get a discounted rate of only $99 for the first three months. 
Centralized healthcare is one of the biggest issues in our society today, and I really love what CrowdHealth is doing to provide an alternative for people who care. No, 100% agree with all of that. I mean, I think bottom line is if we can start funding some of these, we as in everybody who's listening here, um, you know, as opposed to, you know, Pfizer, um, I think we're going to get real results as opposed to, you know, manipulated data from my perspective. So um, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think like, it's going to take a while. These guys have a lot of money. They have a lot of stranglehold, but that's why I love crowd health because it's like you, you can opt out of the system. Yeah. Right. Have you seen other like alternatives like in this space or is there, you know, any momentum here? You think this would be pretty much, you could probably poll Americans and just say, do you think health insurance is a scam? What do you think the answer would be? I'd say like 80 to 90% would say yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think but there was there's... a poll that was like, are you unhappy with your health insurance? I know it's a different question, but I mean, it's, that's it's, very similar. It's very similar. <laughs> it was like 74% you know, are unhappy yeah. with their, with their health insurance. And so, you know, I think we talked about this in the first one. It's like when, when you're, we have a principal agent problem, right? When your agent is actually working against you, when you think they're supposed to be working for you, that creates a crap load of animosity. Right. And so that's, we set up this system totally to disintegrate that incentive system. Right. And so I think it's, worked really, really well. And people have, have really, um, loved it. I had a guy yesterday who's invested in like a hundred direct to consumer companies and he went and looked at our reviews. So we've got a bunch of reviews, like 130 or something reviews on Trustpilot. Um, and he's like, I have never seen reviews as good as this. Um, and so I was like, man, that's, that's great. Because if you go on Trustpilot, which is just a website that collects reviews, mm-hmm. like our members, uh, will set, will put on a review and they're like paragraphs long. You know, it's like typically when you're asked to review a company, you're like, it was great, yeah. right? Like there's something I'm like definitely that type of person. You know, like I, and I am too. And so we had people who wrote paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs. I'm like, man, this is awesome that we're able to like help these people and love these people well. And, and it's all because this incentive system is totally aligned with our members. We don't make money unless we help you pay your bills to grow the community. Like we, hundred percent of our, our revenue comes from the community growing. Right. And so that means we're fighting for you and the community to get your bills paid as opposed to fighting against you. Yeah. I mean, just the current system is like, it's, it's comical. It's sad how it actually works. And just you guys negotiating cash, like makes you more friendly with the healthcare providers, like you're saying already. And because they're, you know, waiting months and months and it's, it's brilliant. Uh, I'm just shocked that no one else has tried to like solve this kind of issue. And now we're incorporating Bitcoin. It's even better. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. And because it's so regulated. Yeah. Um, and I, I just made too much information, saw a guy in the bathroom. He's like, Hey man, I love what you guys are doing at crowd health. I was like, Oh, thanks. And he's like, you know, the fact that you're going after the monetary system and incorporating Bitcoin and the healthcare system all at the same time, it's like a double whammy, you know, because you've got regulators all over the place. But fortunately, you know, I think what scares people away is the regulatory environment. Um, and we have made it through a couple pretty deep, you know, uh, investigations into how we do things. And, you know, so far, you know, director or uh, departments of insurance across the country are saying, hey, this is not insurance. So we're not right. Re- they're not regulated. So 
that keeps, I think, a lot of people away from trying to get into to something like this. Yeah, I guess that's a good point because I've probably been wrong in the past by referring to you guys as like insurance, but now I definitely say like health insurance alternative. How do you, how is it categorized? Like how how did you figure out this like perfect identity? Yeah, I mean, I think we well we spent a lot of money on regulatory attorneys to help us say what what is the case law for what is insurance and what is not insurance. Mm-hmm. And let's stay away from insurance. And so there's you know, the way that that this attorney explained it to me is like, look, you can go put up a tree in your living room and it's a tree in your living room. Right. But once you start putting, you know, a star on top and ornaments on it and lights on it, it becomes a Christmas tree. Right. And so, you know, there are, it's insurance is kind of the same way. Right. Like you can start a company. But once you start saying, I, I definitely will get your bills paid um, I promise your bills will get paid. I've got networks of doctors. Um, you know, I make guarantees. I pool money in the background. Um, I force you to pay that premium every month or else you get kicked out. Like there's a bunch of things that, you know, that that's insurance once you do those things. Right. And so we took it all of those things. We're like, all right, fine. We're not going to pool. We're not going to pool money in the background. One, it's a horribly inefficient way of having this. Imagine, and Jimmy Song pointed this out to me beautifully. Um, he's like, look, imagine if you had a pool of fiat sitting there in a bank account, right? Like that fiat is losing value every minute of the day. And what do you have to do? You have to put more money in there <laughs> to make up for that inflation. And so why are you having this pool of fiat there? It's a terrible way to hold money. So we said, all right, well, let's keep, let our members keep it. You can do whatever you want with it. Why don't you invest it in Bitcoin or, you know, go out to the park with, you know, whatever I, you know, do use, use it in whatever way that you wanted, as opposed to having it in this pool in the back end. The other thing we said is, look, we, we don't guarantee that your bills are going to get paid. Right. So we will ask a bunch of people who will, who have historically over now thousands of bills proven that they are willing to help other people in the community get their bills paid, but we can't guarantee it, right? Once we guarantee it, we're health insurance. Mm. And so you start looking at all these things that make health insurance what it is, and then setting up a system that, you know, in essence, gets you to the same goal of getting people's, you know, bills paid, but going a different route that isn't actually health insurance. That's a pretty beautiful thing. And so in essence, what we're relying upon is a community of people, which is how we've done it for hundreds or not thousands of years, like, you know, um, as opposed to a big insurance company in the middle deciding what gets paid and what doesn't get paid. And the other thing too, and this is the coolest part, and sorry for rambling here, but like the coolest part is like, I don't have to send my money to United Healthcare every month. Like that stroke of that check or whatever sucks. Instead, I'm sending my money to another human being and it goes directly to them to help them with their health event. Right. I'm like, damn, that's cool. Like I'm actually kind of excited to help somebody with a pregnancy or, you know, out mountain biking and they, you know, face planted. Like those are the things I can, I'm willing to help another person out. Like I can get excited about that. Um, so it's a totally different feeling every month than sending your check to, you know, Darth Vader. (laughs) That's exactly what I was telling my mom this uh, on the way here. Um, yeah, it was like, I was like, yeah, it's X amount a month, but the majority is coming from, or it depends, but you're, you're helping other people out. Yeah, yeah. Like you're, 
you're willing to pay for that. I'm willing to pay for that. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just so brilliant, right? It's like, if it smells like insurance and looks like insurance, it's probably insurance. Yeah. But, um, you figured out a way to keep that kind of in its own ballpark, uh, in terms of crowd health. And that's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. And we call it healthcare crowdfunding. I mean, in yeah. essence, what we're doing is we're crowdfunding healthcare for people, you know, and it's, it's not too different than, you know, uh, whatever, GoFundMe or whatever, except, yeah. you know, uh, we're not woke like GoFundMe is, you know, we'll actually get money to the truckers or whatever, you know, <laughs> I know they had a bad rap, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, but it's basically healthcare crowdfunding and that crowdfunding component scares people, but I'm like, man, it's, it's worked. Just look, it's work record. Yeah. I mean, I'm not promising your bills have gotten, get paid, but thousands of bills have gotten paid this way. And it's everything from like pediatrician visits to cancer cases, to brain surgeries, to everything. I mean, it's, but our number one and two expense, one is pregnancy. Um, it's about 40% of the requests come from pregnancies. So it's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm all about helping people have babies. The second one is injuries. Like, so it's people out doing something and stuff happens, right? Like if you're active, something might happen. It just is what it is. Right. So we have, those are our two primaries and then illness is way down the list. So, which is great because we got a lot of people who are in their twenties and thirties and forties who are just, you know, uh, have BMIs that are like four and a half or five points below the national average. So you're, you're not, you know, the guy munching on fudge brownies all day on the couch is not something you're, you're subsidizing, like you're subsidizing active, you know, lifestyles and pregnancies. So that's a, another great part of this. Yeah. My dad was like freaking out when I didn't have traditional health insurance anymore. I was like, dad, what it, what is going to happen to me? The only thing that's going to happen is, yeah, potentially an, an injury or something yeah. like that. And yeah, it's it's incredible. We've become so indoctrinated and programmed socially to just we need these things. And totally, really, if you have your health, um, you don't need to go to the doctor, the the average doctor that's not going to tell you anything beneficial anyway. So, how do we scale this? And how do we scale it in a way that's not centralized? Um, yeah. Obviously, this is on your mind. 6,000 members is a good start, but... Yeah. How do you get to hundreds of thousands or millions? You know, and I think, you know, fortunately, um, there's tons of benefit with scale. You know, so let's go back to the earlier conversation, like, hey, do you know a good doctor in Denver, right? Right now, I probably have, I don't know, three or 400 members in Denver. I mean, it's one of our bigger, you know, communities. Denver and Austin are our top two. Um, But what if I had 10,000 people in Denver? right? Somebody in Denver is going to really know a Bitcoin doctor in Denver, right? Like, so I can pull from a bigger group of people. And then let's also think about like, Hey, what if I have a million dollar NICU baby, right? Like, um, you know, it's an expensive one. Now I have a hundred thousand people to pull it from to ask as opposed to 6,000 people to ask, right? So you actually create lots of efficiencies with scale and you know the what I, what I'd love to see is you know like ten or twenty communities of five, ten, twenty thousand people each. You know, so you, right now we have a Bitcoin community where the Bitcoiners are funding each other's healthcare expenses. Like I'd like that community to go from a couple thousand people to twenty thousand people. But it's you're all in your tribe. You know, it's like I'm funding other Bitcoiners. They're a lot like me. They believe in the same things I believe in. You know, and let's let's have a 
carnivore crowd, right? Like people who are just carnivores, like they can fund each other's healthcare expenses. Um, you know, there might be a faith-based crowd, like a Christian crowd and a Jewish crowd and a Hindu crowd and a Muslim crowd. Or, or, or even those. regionally. Or regionally. Um, like there could be an Austin up, crowd. Meet up in person. Yeah, an Austin crowd or a Denver crowd or a whatever crowd. So I, I'd like to keep smaller communities because I think that community component is really, really important. You know, and I may have said this in the last one, but I was like, I feel like government governments and insurance companies have like torn away communities and they have like wilted over the last 50 years. And so it's like, I think we need to be bringing back community. Um, it was one of the things I was worried about, though, with the Bitcoin communities. Like, you know, I'm, I'm fairly new. I'm like three and a half years into Bitcoin. Um, you know, and everybody talks about like the sovereign individual. And it's like, I'm a sovereign individual. I was like, okay, well, maybe that doesn't, that means like, there's no community there because everybody's like focused on self. And I was like, no, actually the best communities are made up of people who are self-sovereign, who take care of their own shit. And those are better community members, right? Yeah. And so the community within the Bitcoin, you know, atmosphere here is incredibly powerful. Like those people will help, they'll fight for one another, you know, and, and so it's a really cool thing to see. So I want more community in what we do. Um, and so I'm hoping when we scale, we can keep some tight communities regionally by interest, by morality, whatever it may be. I think that would be very powerful. Wow. Well, I don't know about you, but this episode is making me a little peckish. And you know what sounds good? Some beef liver crisps from our sponsor, Nose Tail Provisions, who provide 100% grass-fed and finished wild game animal products sourced from America. Their completely microplastic-free products are absolutely delicious and great if you need something in a pinch or just love a good snack. Each product is packed with the most nutrition possible. I love their new viral dust bison liver seasoning. And with code Tristan10, you'll be saving 10% on every bit of your order as well as supporting our show. I mean, that's exactly what I would do. I would want, I think it's so important and it is it is easy and it's hard, especially at first when you kind of maybe either get into the health space or get into the Bitcoin space, you're like, you're isolated. You realize, yeah, it is important to be sovereign in an individual level. But that community is really the foundation of a strong yeah. society and the momentum. And that's how we pull together resources and skills. And, you know, you're good at X. I'm good at Y. We're stronger together. We can do 3X to work with two people instead yeah. of doing it um, three times as long. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it'd be great. Regionally, I think it makes a lot of sense, too, because then you could physically like meet that. up. And who knows? Then you just say you do have 10 based doctors in Denver, maybe they just like educate and, and talk about something in sure. person. I, I love it all. I think it's really important. And the more we can build that out in whatever capacity, whether it's through Bitcoin meetups, crowd health meetups, I think the it's just going to be kind of so, the momentum is going to be so strong yeah. right? and it's just going to keep going. And then, yeah, educating. If you came in for from the health side, educate on Bitcoin. If you came in from the Bitcoin side, keep educating on, on health. That's the way forward. Yeah, we had a Bitcoin meetup at the uh, last Bitcoin conference in Miami. And I think we had somewhere between 100 and 150 people show up to our, our happy hour, which was cool. Like a bunch yeah. crowd health specific? Crowd health specific. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was neat. I think the next one's in Nashville maybe next year. Um, and we'll do it again. So that that's a lot of fun. I think the other thing too that I'm thinking about, and I haven't really kind of come to a conclusion on this right yet, is how do we impact the health system generally? And you have a lot of people out there, I feel like, who have some of these chronic conditions 
that aren't educated about how to do this correctly. You know, so can you build a crowd? I know this is a little bit out there of, you know, type two diabetics. And then as a part of that, you have to go through, you know, a year long program, you know, which is a low carb, you know, program do it. You know, I know Dr. Sean Baker is starting like Rivero, which is a company that's going to take autoimmune diseases and diabetes and things like that and reverse them through, you know, a, just a hardcore nutrition program, you get to the end of that year, right? And then you can kind of come back to like one of the regular crowds and maybe it's, you know, it's much more expensive to be in this crowd because we're putting you through some but then over some time stuff. it comes down. Yeah, then over time your A1Cs come down and so you're not a diabetic anymore and then you can kind of come back into the regular crowd or your local crowd or whatever and that gives you an incentive to actually improve your health because you want to pay less, you want to be a part of the, you know, the other crowd. Um, I think there's some incentive systems like that, that I can, can really have a huge impact on, on our healthcare system, you know, generally a quarter of all dollars in healthcare are spent on people who have diabetes. So a trillion dollars a year, like, you know, and 90% of those are type twos and 90% of those, if not more are reversible, you know, right. I mean, yeah, just based on what I do, it's like, if you gave me 10 people that were committed, but they have to be committed and yeah. therefore the incentives have to be aligned. So you're saying like, Hey, you're paying, I don't know, it could be like $200 a month. Now, if you completely reverse this and go through the course for a year, then you'll be paying $50 a month. Exactly. Then they're going to be motivated. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, for sure, like you said, 90%, I think probably a hundred percent is probably reversible if, if it's really committed or at least you're getting it, you're improving the status so much to the point totally. where it was totally documented I mean, as reverse. So, and, and if you're, if you don't follow the system, then it's like, okay, you're out. Like you're not, you know, yeah. you, you got to follow proof the system, proof of work, right? You got to follow the system at the end. If your A1Cs are coming down, which we think you will, if you follow the system, then you come back in. I mean, I think it's a great incentive. And and so I think that's one that we're probably going to make some steps on next year to help people. So um, I think there's lots of opportunities to, to really improve the system and get people educated. I love it. And that was the thing I kind of asked about, like incentivizing people for education or health status, because right now everyone's probably pretty healthy. Everyone can improve. But yeah, you, I know you're not taking on a lot of people with chronic diseases, but you can and motivate them. And then you're not making it unfair to the people. Like if you just made it all the same price, you know, as a member in good health, I might get pissed off that, you know, cause that's what happens in the real world, right? Right. You know, there's no, there's no difference in, in health status. And then we end up paying as the taxpayers yeah. for all these health issues, which is a joke. So I think having the incentives aligned and then having a helping hand extended saying, we can show you how to improve your health because you have been wrong by the centralized system and they are incentivized to keep you in this totally. state. I mean, yeah. Who, I think at least a good chunk would be open to it. And um, then that's their decision. Yeah. So I think you'll see some more stuff like that in 2024. So I think we're, you know, the the first couple of years of the company was like building the foundation for which we could then really scale. Right. And so we built the foundation, all the backend tech is scalable. And so um, we're, we're, we're ready to, to start, to start flying. How about international? I have had a few requests. I would say that. I bet you 2024 we'll start seeing it. It'll probably Are be you guys in the UK already? No. No. It'll it'll probably be third quarter or fourth quarter okay. of, of 2024. Um, I think the challenge here is 
if you give us a health bill, we can validate that that's real, you know, in the United States, it's harder to do it in Singapore, right? Yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that. You like, don't have that experience. Ex exactly. And so we've got to build some infrastructure around that. I know I have a vision for how to do it. Um, so I think we can do it, but I think it's probably latter half of 2024. Um, and that opens up, you know, another 7 billion people or something like that, that would, that would benefit that. And so we would probably, we'll probably start doing like an international crowd. Um, and then once the countries get big enough, we'll, you know, break off and do, you know, let's just say we have 10,000 people in the international crowd and 3000 of them are in Brazil. Like we'll start, we'll do a Brazil crowd and a UK crowd and, uh, things like that. So Brazil, for some reason is one of those that we get tons of inquiries from Brazil. Um, so I think their, their health system is pretty shoddy. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of people that are waking up and in, in general looking for a solution. I was in, just in Australia um, for a month and that's definitely a country that is uh, been wronged. That's a, even more extreme than the US and yeah. Canadians as well, mm -hmm. Europe as well. I mean, they have better healthcare in Europe, obviously. And, and in Australia, they do have like um, universals to some degree. But even that, people are just like, this is bullshit. Or they do have to get something. It takes forever. Wait times right. are so long. So I think it's a great, I mean, it's the same business model. You just have to have that local experience and then build out the local database of doctors and practitioners. Right. And yeah, I don't see, obviously, why it couldn't work anywhere in the world. So that's that's really exciting. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I'm just trying to think in general. Yeah. You know, how how to reach more people. And it's, uh, like you said, we probably could easily agree that 80 plus percent are, are not happy with, with healthcare. Um, what are some, I guess, new ways that you're trying to just market crowd health? Because yeah, it has been very question. Bitcoiner heavy. And hopefully yeah. I'm able to help with that a little bit here. But yeah, no, it, 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 it you know, it's, it's probably a third of our customers are Bitcoiners, so two thirds are not Bitcoiners. But you how know, are it, they then finding out? Just do word, a lot like, of word of mouth. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been on, or I will have been on, f about forty podcasts between you know middle of October and middle of January. So I'm I'm trying to get out there to all kinds of different folks, different communities, and and some are really you know opening up their arms to me and be like, yes, um, and some aren't. You know, so that's fine. We're we're trying to just kind of experiment with that. You know, the, the libertarian crowd who are even not Bitcoiners are very interested in getting away from big institutions. And so that has been, you know, huge for us. Um, the health crowd who, you know, might be into keto or carnivore, or some kind of alternative kind of way of, of eating, which, you know, I'm, I'm a keto guy myself. Um, that they have been very receptive to what we're what we're doing and so you know it's interesting that you know if you kind of take the political leaning libertarians and the bitcoiners and the carnivore folks and then folks who are looking at alternative medicine like naturopathic holistic integrative they all kind of overlap a little bit right and so we can disagree maybe on monetary policy or politics or something but there's there's something that connects us all which is like we know that these big institutions are out for themselves, out for profit and not out for our, our best interests. And so we're trying to find, you know, contrarians who are looking at the world through a different, you know, filter, a different worldview. And that's where we're having most success. I think our biggest challenge has been, continues to be um, one of two things. One is, are you going to help me get my bills paid? 
like if I have a big one, you know, am, am, are, are you going to be able to help me? And we have proven starting to prove again, over and over and over again, multiple cancer cases, multiple big, big surgeries, motorcycle accidents, all kinds of stuff that we've been able to help people with. We're proving that out over time. Is that been like a hundred percent or what's like the average? A hundred percent so far. So hundred percent of a hundred percent of the bills, a hundred percent of the bills that we've submitted have gotten paid. Yeah. So, um, again, I can't guarantee it, but we've have a track record of being able to help people with those big bills. So that's been the, the number one. And then the number two is, um, this sounds too good to be true, you know? And so I'm like, well, you know, if I put together a great product and it's really, really great, then we ask you to give us a, give us a shot. And so as more people like you who join on or like, Hey, actually guys, this, this is actually working. Right. Um, and that's just a building trust over a period of time. Right. And so once we build trust over a period of time, I think we'll see that, you know, 6,000 be 10,000 very, very quickly. And I think we're probably going to hit it in, you know, Q2 of next year is my guess. Um, you know, turns into 50, turns into a hundred. So, you know, it's a snowball a little bit, you know, start small. And then once you can pick up steam, if you can kind of imagine, like, you don't want to be the first person on crowd hell. Like it would be me and that person. Yeah. Right. How did you, how did that go in the beginning? Like we poured a lot of money into getting people quickly. Right. Because we needed to build a group of people. Like how fast did you go from like 50 to 500? A month. Okay. Yeah. A month. So, you know, and then we were at a thousand quickly at thereafter. So it went pretty quick in the beginning, but we were spending a lot of money to get there. So that's the other reason why there aren't a lot of players. Like you got to spend a ton of money up front to get these people who are willing to do it. So, um, yeah, I think it's a snowball. It's going to start out small and now we're kind of getting a little gotten bigger. Over that hurdle. Gotten over that hurdle. And now I think it's just a matter of time before it, you know, start picking up steam and rolling down the hill. So, um, you know, we're excited to, to see that. And it's, and it's actually good to have started, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, as opposed to going a thousand to 50,000, you can build the infrastructure on the back end to actually allow you to, to scale in a, in a way that is, that is, doesn't break. Um, so it's, it's, you know, been, been incredible to see kind of how, God's work through this and allowed us to do this in a way that's that's scalable and taking care of really good taking really good care of people. I mean, I implore people to just try it out too. Like, yes, yeah. the average person spending on healthcare out of pocket like a fair amount. Like, if you just sign up for Crowd Health, especially with uh, you know the startup discount code that we have, it's, it's, it's like, yeah ninety nine bucks a month. Like, give it a shot. Yeah, you know, try it for three months and you could still hold your other health insurance. I know people that hold both still. But 20, 20 to twenty five percent of our members hold both. Yep. So there you go. And and most of those people are like in that specific scenario where they're like, I'm not really sure about this, you know. But we're seeing lots more people this year drop their their insurance altogether, you know. And it's like like whoever is Bitcoiners out there, like they understand this because I think a lot of people when you have conversations around Bitcoin, they're like, eh, I don't know about this. This is a little bit different. It's new. I'm not sure. I don't trust it. And this is my money we're talking about. In our case, this is my health I'm talking about. Um, but you're like, hey, just buy a little, buy some sats, see how it goes. Let, let me show you how to use it, you know? And here's all the great things, you know? And and your money is not being deflated. It's, you know, you know, it's not de- decreasing in value because of inflation. 
And so people start understanding it as they go. And just like Bitcoin over the last decade, or I guess it's a little bit more than a decade, you see that increase in people who are like adopting it. And this revolutionary idea just takes some time. Yeah. Bezos, I think, said like every overnight success takes about a decade. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like you said, you want it to because you want to build out that that infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think slow growth is is good. I mean, just look at Bitcoin. If you know, in 2017, there was 10x the amount of people who would have came crashing down even harder and left a bad taste in even more people's mouths. Totally. Because yeah, yeah, that's that's how it goes with scaling anything. So I think it's great. I mean, it is brilliant for me. I was once I first heard about it, I was like, well, this is what I'm going to do once I'm not in like right. corporate engineering world anymore. So. Um, it was like a no brainer. Yeah. We're glad you're a part of it. And the other thing too, is like, we're going to be profitable in probably March or April. So, which is great. Um, you know, it is not a fly by night, you know, try to go as fast as you can and then run out of money and implode. Like, this is like, we've been very thoughtful about how we've grown and how do we, you know, grow profitably. And I mean, I think that's what you want in a company in which you're, you know, helping you with your healthcare. So, you know, we could be at 50,000 customers right now if we just threw money at every different place and not have the infrastructure to support that growth. And that would have been a disaster. So we've been very thoughtful about how we do this. This is my second company. Um, so I did it in my first company. We went from a couple dozen employees, maybe over a little over a dozen employees to like 400 employees over seven years. Um, and so I, I've scaled a company before. This is my second time doing it. And so, you know, I think we're doing this thoughtfully and making sure our customers are put first in any of these decisions that we make. Low time preference thinking. I mean, it's totally. All, yeah, yeah. It's the virtues of decentralization, right? I mean, proof of work, you know, supporting peer to peer community, um, and then low time preference. And that's what it all comes down to. Yeah. You can't expect overnight. It's just not realistic. And yeah, that's what I love so much about it. So thanks so much for, for updating the audience. Thanks for and having me. Proud Health be a pr- proud sponsor of this show. I think it's probably the best fit of any sponsor we could ever ask for. And yeah, hopefully our health centric audience. Um, they responded, man. We get a lot of D radio, uh, uh, you know, promo codes getting turned in lately. So thank you for that. So we've got a lot of your listeners um, who are who are signing up. Hopefully so they you. also start buying Bitcoin. So if you're listening, yeah, buy to this, Bitcoin, folks. There's more, <laughs> plenty more Bitcoin podcasts to come. So, yeah. Thanks so much, Andy. Where can people find more about CrowdHealth? We'll yeah. put all the links in the show. But. Yeah, joincrowdhealth.com is where you want to go. And then come join us on Twitter, join CrowdHealth. Um, Instagram, join CrowdHealth. And then the promo code is DRADIO. And it's, you know, 99 bucks for a few months, which gets you a lot, gives you the ability to dip your toe in the water to see what we're like. So I think once you do, you'll you'll really enjoy it. Try it out, folks. It's better to support, you know, like-minded individuals than centralized um, Darth Vader says. Amen. <laughs> Love it. Thanks so much, Andy. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, brother. See you guys next time.